0: Crack Power Users, episode 323, Clayton Morris Returns. Hello, everyone. This is David Sparks, along with my pal, Katie Floyd. How are you today, Katie Floyd?
1: I'm great, David. How are you?
0: Good, good. I was emailing Clayton Morris, who was a guest of ours in 2013.
1: We haven't been doing shows that long, man. Yeah, I mean,
0: uh, we had go back to old episode 127. Clayton was on the show. Clayton, welcome back to the show.
2: Thanks so much for having me. And I must say, well, I I love this show. And this is, and I'm not just blowing smoke. And I don't, and I don't say this as a guest on
0: every podcast. We're going to check Although, up on that, you know, I know you say you have to check to make <laughs> sure.
2: Uh, but I, I say this is my my favorite podcast of the week. Every week I look forward to it. First thing Monday morning when I drop in my driving my boy to school, I take it to the gym with me and uh, listen to it throughout the day every Monday. So I always love I always love listening to you guys every week. Well, well thank you. Clayton. That's wonderful. That,
1: thank you. Yeah. And that means a lot coming from you. You you are a big person on the internet, and uh, I I know this because you you included me in a tweet once, something about Klingons and Batliss and a neighbor beating another neighbor up, and and my <laughs> life blew up that day. I'm like, who, who are all these people tweeting me? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, what, I don't, what I don't remember what it was. Like a guy got married. It was like a, a Klingon wedding or something like that. And... I don't know. It was something going on. And Katie, I just, Katie. I just said, yeah, Katie was rolling her eyes
1: somewhere and, uh, it, ex- it exploded. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Katie, when the time comes, you have to do
1: a Klingon wedding.
0: You have oh.
1: to. I, no, I don't. I really don't. I actually know someone, uh, who, who did that and they have never lived it down.
0: I, I will learn Klingon. I will show up and I will speak Klingon. I will officiate you in oh, Klingon.
1: So, so fun fact, and then we'll, then we'll get on with the show. I, I typically once every couple of years, I, I run through the entire Star Trek series because that's that's something that you should do every now and then, David. I'm sure you run through the entire um, you know Star Wars anthology, probably weekly. but um, so I started again and I started with the motion picture, which is one of the harder ones to get through. And as I was going through it, I was you know reading how you can read on IMDB the the fun facts that they'll give you about a, a story. And uh, Jimmy Dewan, uh, Scotty, actually made up the the words. For both the Klingons in the uh, Star Trek: The Motion Picture, and for the Vulcans, and they were overdubbed, and so he made up those words. They were just gibberish, and then they went back and created the entire language using the you know dozen or so words that he made up from there. <laughs> I once tried to get my
2: English teacher in high school to allow us to speak Klingon, and for but it didn't work. She didn't. She thought it was amusing. But she shut it down. I will say, my my nerd podcast that I've been doing for like eight years, Katie, you might like this. I have, two summers ago, I think we did the Summer of Trek, where we started like Memorial Day weekend, and we watched a Star Trek movie every week on the podcast and dissected it. Um, so we deep dove, deep dived, what is it, the proper, yeah, deep every dive. Star Trek movie. Um, and some of them that were painful. Yeah, there's some rough um,
0: ones in there. I, yeah, I was channel surfing and came across the one, uh, it's one of the last next generation movies, the one where, um, where data goes off the reservation and they're, um, when they're doing the little site of the little city, you know, and all mm-hmm. right. Insurrection. Yeah, boy, that was rough. That was, that rough. should
2: have been just a TV show. That episode should have been like a, two, one of those next generation two-parters It would have been perfect.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, it know, weird as a movie.
1: movie. Right. Right.
0: Anyway, uh, but just one more question, Katie, before we go, because when you say yes. I go through the Star Trek series, does that mean that you do the movies or all of the TV? I mean, we, that's no, a big, no, we're... that's
1: that's a huge commitment to do everything. Um, no, I go through all the movies and I start with the motion picture and I'm looking forward to it because the Wrath of the comes up next. And that's always a good one. Uh, but I, I go through the original series movies and then the next gen movies and I'll decide whether I do the, the new fanboy movies.
0: <laughs> I saw the preview, <laughs> the latest preview, and it's all action. I'm like, somewhere, Katie is like shaking her with right now. She's so yeah. angry. Oh. All right. Uh, well, but uh,
1: while we're still in announcement mode, David, uh, you had an uh, app camp for girls related update. Didn't yes, you?
0: the the app camp for girls, Orange County, is continuing to go forward. Thank you so much. We've heard a bunch from Mac Barry's listeners who have been supportive. Um, uh, my wife Daisy is the one who's kind of orchestrating the whole thing. We are still looking for a female UI designer. So if you know anybody that's going to be near Orange County or LA in August and wants to give a morning to come talk to the girls about how to design a user interface, uh, we'd like it to be a female and we'd like, um, we'd like you to get a hold of us. So please, anybody out there, we're depending on the Mac power users community to help us out.
1: Okay. All right. So now we're done with all that preliminary stuff. We've talked about the Klingons. We've talked about Outcam for Girls. Clayton, what have what have you been up to? Uh people who don't know you, you're probably best known for being the uh the weekend host over at Fox and Friends. Um and that's that's probably how you're most famous. But you're you're also kind of their all-around tech reporter and just a tech tech guru on the internet as well.
2: Yeah, I mean I I you know covered technology for Fox and have for for I think nine years now, which is great. So, you know. And cover all the angles of Google I/O and and the Apple events and and everything Microsoft and and big news. I, I try to. I don't. I don't go too geeky, which is why I, I so much enjoy live, listening to your show because I am a geek. But you know, with my audience, I want to try to keep it a little bit more broad, a little bit more accessible, and how technology can can work, you know, work into their lives sort of every day. So fascinated about like the home automation space or, you know, fitness or things like, you know, just testing out like the Erio recently, which I haven't tested a gadget where my jaw has dropped as precipitously as when I've tested this device, which is, you know, the home Wi-Fi mesh network.
1: Yeah. Walt, Walt Marsberg reviewed that. Tell me, tell me about that. So that's the type of
2: thing, you know, that I would then, maybe feature on the show and feature as like one of my favorite gadgets for, for Father's Day or something like that. And holy smokes, uh, we just moved into this new house in New Jersey, uh, just kind of over the hill from our old house. But I left Verizon Fios where I had like multiple sort of modem hubs, like set up in the house in my home office. And it was very important because I, I also run my own business from home. So I need to have, you know, shoot a lot of videos. I need to have, I need to have fast internet, right? I came over the hill here and we don't have Fios, which was almost a deal breaker for me. It was like almost a, you know, I'm not going to be able to to to, loot, to move here kind of a thing. Um, but we ended up actually having Optimum cable and it, and it, and it, we got like the 101 megabyte uh, plan, like, like their ultra plan. And I kind of convinced my wife that I'm going to set it up in my office so that the main router is going to be in my office. And basically then the rest of the house would suffer until I can figure out, whether or not these other three airport extremes that I have, if it will be a sufficient sort of network, if I can create it that way. Well, okay, it first
0: of all, good job on convincing her of
1: that. Yeah, I right. see no, I see no potential problem with that.
2: Right. I'm like, look, honey, I, I, I run the family business out of my office. It's important that, you know, the, the, the fastest internet is in my office, right? That that's where the router would be. And then we'll, you know, we'll have the network hubs. With, with the three modems I had with Fios, it was fine. So I had these other hotspots that I could then plug in Airport Extremes and create like a mesh network that way. Yeah. Not this way. You can't. There's only one router. There's only one input from, from, opt- from CableVision, from Optimum. Yeah. So it was terrible. I mean, in my office, 100, 105 megabytes down, wicked fast, Walked down the hall, not even that far. And it just plummeted to zero. What
0: are you got? Like concrete walls or Faraday cages what, or something?
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's an, you know, it's new construction. I mean, there's like a poured foundation. I don't know if, I mean, but there's nothing, it's just, you know, drywall and, 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 and timber. So I don't know what, what the heck was, was preventing it, but holy smokes, it went down to zero. And then upstairs in the bedroom where, you know, the the Apple TV up there, nothing, zero, nothing. She's like, I, and she was getting furious to the point where there was, I was ready to call like one of you guys as a lawyer to like represent me because it was (laughs) getting out of of control. She's like, look, I'm going to give you a few more days to figure this out. And she's like, I just want to sit in bed. She was sick. She's like, I want to watch like scandal on my iPad or something. And I can't get anything.
0: Yeah. Okay. We had like, before you give everyone the solution, I can tell you a similar problem. My house, my my Wi Fi, I mean my uh, my wireless usage went it skyrocketed one month. I mean it went from I and mean, we usually use like five gigs, and all of a sudden we were like at twenty or something. It was just crazy, and and I'm like, what's going on? And oh, my kids said, oh yeah, the Wi Fi you doesn't mean work you mean your three G
1: usage on your day yeah exactly
0: yeah oh man, my kids and, and my both of my you know, teenage daughters oh yeah the Wi Fi doesn't work in our rooms anymore. So they sat up there for a month and watched YouTube and everything over my <laughs> connection. And, and it was the same thing. Cause we have an extender Basically, I have an extra airport extreme plugged in to extend the network upstairs. And so long as that's plugged in and working, they're fine. But if it disconnects, it's like, it's like on the hairy thin edge. So, so what do you got here? Is something better?
2: Oh, it's, it's a dream. It is, it's phenomenal. You know, it turns out that the airport extremes kind of suck. And, They really don't work well for the amount of, you know, devices that are 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 constantly living on these things. Um, And it it, kind of opened my eyes. Our our mutual friend, Renee Ritchie, um, was basically talking about how bad they are. And I, you know, I just thought that, oh, Apple makes them. I got them a couple of years ago. They should be should should be sufficient. You know, will work well with most most (laughs) Apple devices in the house. But no, that's not the case at all. Uh, Really terrible speeds. Um, not really talking to each other very well. So I had seen, of course, the Eero, E-E-R-O, this Wi-Fi mesh network, and had heard of some mixed results from people, some journalists who got copies of it with like firmware that had been like authorized for other journalists. And it was like kind of like pre-release software. So the reviews on some of it were mixed by the people that got it, like our friend Leo Laporte, like he had tested it and it didn't work for him. I got it, and it was, a, it was like an actual factory release version of Erio. Mind-blowing. So I connected it in my office, then connected one down the hall where we used to have zero, and then I connected another one in the bedroom to test it out. And my wife's office is up there as well, above it, where she used to get nothing, above me. Yeah. So zero around the house. I go down the hall now. I'm getting 105 megabytes down. I go up to the bedroom, hundred and like 101 megabytes down. Go to my wife's office, which is now directly above mine. She doesn't even have a, there's not even a, a hub in her office. It's yeah. literally coming from my office to her office because she's on Wi-Fi there instead of being plugged in. She was getting 107 down.
0: So, and, and so this device is, they, they have a different configurations, but it sounds like you got the three pack, which is 500 bucks. And, right. um and, and does this replace your router or is this, I'm not exactly sure. Does it replace an airport extreme or is it a, yes? Um, gone. Okay. And it,
1: gone? it ba- basically creates like a mesh network around your house and it can do it either wired. My understanding is it can do it either wired or wireless because not everybody's got wire running through their house. I mean, if you do wonderful, great, but it's supposed to be super simple setup. So you set one kind of, to replace your main network, and then you extend the other two throughout your house. If you've got it wired, great. If you don't, it will create a mesh network wirelessly. But without all of the other issues of, oh, do I have to, what, what channel do I have to put it on? And do I have to turn DHCP off? And is that in bridge mode? And am I conflicting on my different signal strengths and all of this other stuff? It just deals with it.
0: I, I, like, right. it. I like it when Katie just gets totally nerdy. That's great. Right. Well, C- cause I know you, man.
1: she's got her, you, you have your whole house, what wired for, with cat six or cat five. Right. I've got my whole house wired with cat, yeah. cat six. And I'm pretty fortunate. I've got about 1800 square feet, which is not, not huge, but it's, it's not tiny either, but it's a fairly compact floor plan. And so the, the way that it works is I can have my, for me, my airport extreme works. Okay. I mean, I, certainly it could be better. And it's, I I've got some spots where my signal drops on the, in the corners, so it's something that I've I've looked at, but like I mean, man, my my parents live in a you know typical spread out you know five bedroom where you've got you know the, the master on one end and the kids' bedrooms on the other, and my dad's office is on one end, my mom's office is on the other. I mean, there's just no good solution for them.
2: Yeah, well, this we just moved into this house and we have a third baby on the way, so we needed like the extra like third space. And I'm crazy because we both were, you know, we both have need like office space, so it's kind of crazy. We're 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 insane, but you know, Um, so our house, yeah, it's like a five thousand kind of square foot like colonial, and it's I have yet to find a spot in this house where there's a dead zone. It is phenomenal. In fact, standing down on the street, going and getting the mail, it, it still has a strong signal. In the backyard, I'm getting, um, I was able to do a Skype call from the the backyard, which is like down the hill. So I don't know what sort of voodoo magic. I talked to the CEO and and spent quite a bit of time picking his brain. He is like obsessive with uh, Wi-Fi networks. He he lived in Chicago growing up. He was one of the only, the only family on the whole block that had like a high speed internet um, like network. And he like was fascinated with like the way in which Wi-Fi and devices are like, you know, talking to each other. And he said, the problem with all these devices is that one is screaming and one is quiet and they're not talking at the same level. And so you're, you have one device that's like screaming packets of information. The other devices aren't receiving it the way that they should. And you're not actually creating uh, a solution. And, you know, he also told me that a lot of those devices that you're seeing at the store, you know, with the, with antennas on them, they're really there for show. They're not really doing anything. These yeah. large antennas, because these ERIOs have no antenna. At all. And it's the best, it's the best router I've ever had. So I don't know what magic they're working, but this is the type of stuff that I love talking about with my audience.
0: Well, let's, tell me this. So a lot of people listening to the show like are using Time Capsule. Um, so is there a way to make the system work? I guess you could get an external drive and have to do a little doctoring to get yourself rolling with Time Capsule.
2: Right. Well, I guess, I mean, there's an extra, there's, you know, there's an extra Ethernet port on the back. So and and also you could just you know get a high speed hub right which yeah. you could plug the time capsule right into
0: yeah and it yeah. would work
2: it would work that way so you wouldn't have to you really wouldn't have to
1: make any compromises I don't yeah, think yeah you,
0: you wouldn't have to use the time capsule as a router you would just use it right. as a time capsule yeah, yeah, or just you, or you could drive. use
1: one of these third party solutions like a NAS or like one of these. Um, uh, you know, My Cloud type solutions where you can do the time machine to a, a third-party product that supports it.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then the other thing that's interesting about these Aero devices is they do have an extra Ethernet jack on the back of each one of them. So that's, if you're getting those kinds of speeds, why wouldn't you also take advantage of that Ethernet jack when you've got it in separate rooms, if you want Ethernet in that room?
2: Right. Plug in. I mean, we know that the, I think the Apple TV actually gets better speeds over Wi-Fi than it does being plugged in, uh, you, you can plug in other devices. I mean, your Sonos, yeah. um, you know, your smart TV, whatever you've got, plug it into that in the other room and it will, it'll work like it's just being plugged right into the wall, like cat six cable. And I was about to go down that rabbit hole. I yeah. called a couple of companies because I thought, Oh, am I going to have to do this? I was going to pick your brain about it, getting the whole house wired for it. And this, Yeah, I was you definitely shocked. call somebody. Yeah. I was shocked at how, what amazing solution this was. And I didn't have to do anything and it yeah. saved my marriage.
0: Awesome. Well, that that's our job here. <laughs> Saving marriages every day. <laughs> hey, um, the other thing you're definitely going to need if you, if you want to go down this road is you're going to need a hub because this does not, I think with the airport has something like five or four extra ethernet jacks I on the back. I think it
1: actually only has three.
0: Oh, is it? I've lost track. Yeah, But either three, way,
2: three and a USB, right?
0: Right. Th- yeah. These have one. So, you know, if if you're, if you've got the, you know, the Philips Hue lights and the Sonos and the other stuff going on, you're going to need, you're going to need some extra ports.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I have one of the, I think it's a T- TP link is what it's called or that I have it. I can't see that it sounds, from here. That's
1: typically right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I think it has like, I don't know, eight, um, you know, and gig or gigabit and just plug it right into the back and just extend it that way.
0: Uh, there, there are some really glowing reviews on Amazon, too. You can get this thing two-day delivery on Amazon, Katie. Why don't you just order one?
1: Uh, okay, it's going on, going on the wish list. My birthday's coming up. So we'll okay. Nice. Well, you know, this this kind of delves me into the the next topic I wanted to talk to you about, and, and it's kind of related to your your Fox and Friends, is, you know, how do you bring some of these things to the masses? But uh, before we go there, I do want to take a quick break, and we'll talk about our, our first sponsor, and uh, we'll come back and talk a little bit about your your show prep.
0: This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you by 1Password. I've talked a lot about 1Password in the past and how it is the one place you should go to to manage passwords for your Mac, iPhone, and iPad. 1Password actually allows you to have both security and convenience because it makes great passwords and remembers them for you. But the focus of today's ad spot is the way you can use 1Password to keep secure data on your iPhone and iPad. While Touch ID is a great addition to the iPhone and iPad, it's not perfect, and frankly, sometimes you're going to hand your iPhone or iPad to somebody with it unlocked on purpose because they need to legitimately access some type of information on it. With 1Password, you get to add an additional layer of security to the data you keep on your iPhone and iPad. Specifically, there's Touch ID or a password on the 1Password application and they have the ability to create secure notes inside the application itself. I'm looking in my 1Password database right now, and I have about 50 text files in here with information that's important to me to have on the go, but not something I would want anybody to be able to read. There's things in here like my kids' social security numbers and a list of my bank account numbers. I also have detailed notes in here from doctor visits. There's just a bunch of information that I want to have available to me but I don't want to make it easy for just anybody to get to. With one password, I've got that covered. Another great use for secure notes is the data for your friend's Wi-Fi networks and secure data. Like, I have a sister who always forgets her iTunes password, so I wrote it down in a secure note. When she forgets it, she calls me and I give it to her. So my point is that in addition to all the great security features you get with 1Password, you are also installing a really great bank vault on your iPhone and your iPad. This data, of course, also syncs over to your Mac because 1Password just works everywhere. If you're already a 1Password user and you're not using this, you should. It's really not that difficult. Just open up 1Password and create a new secure note. And if you're not using 1Password yet, shame on you. It's just a great application that continues to add new features and benefits that makes secure computing in these days where everybody in the world seems to be wanting to crack into your data possible. There's plenty of ways to get started. They've got subscription plans or you can buy it outright. If you've been waiting to get on board with 1Password, now's the time. We've got a link in the show notes that takes you to a special website so they know you come from the Mac Power users. Please use that link and check it out. Thanks, 1Password, for sponsoring the Mac Power users.
1: Um, So let's talk a little bit about... um show prep and and your work with fox and friends and and all of that i you you've got a very broad appeal you've got a, a mass audience um and talking about devices like you know Eero, Eero, i'm not not sure how they pronounce that but you know you probably get bombarded with with products how do you kind of weed through signal and noise and figure out what you're going to bring uh to your audience what what is worthy of of consideration and and how much say do you have over that versus how much of it is kind of Pre-directed.
2: I mean, I, I say I, I have probably 100% control over what I present to my audience, um, which is good. So when I'm going to do a segment or, you know, a roundup of my favorite gadgets for Christmas or whatever it happens to be, you know, my favorite home networking solutions, these are things that I've tested and, and put through the paces like the Eereo. Um, so I have creative control in that way uh, to weed through all the, you know, the noise I just kind of go with my gut, to be honest with you. And when I see something that I, that I know that would would have a you know large impact on my audience, um, you know I think of I, I try to picture them like myself, right? We're all busy. We've got kids. They're running the soccer practice, et cetera. You're you know busy throughout the day working. What can improve your life in some capacity? What uh, maybe you work from home, like I do quite a bit, and how? You know, the things that can you can automate to just take some of the pain out of your day. Uh, some of it, though, you know, it's a little hard to to bring to the masses. Like I I couldn't probably go do a whole, you know, example segment on uh, on Hazel as much as I would like to. Uh, but, you know, things that that can really improve your experience in the home, um, you know, improve your experience at work with your family business, uh, with finances, fitness, those sorts of things. Um, I try to put them through the paces in that way, Um, but it has to strike me, you know, when I see like a press release and I get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them, of course, I'm sure you can imagine they, it just has to hit me the right way or I have to word of mouth, you know, and living and swimming in this world, it's helpful because you, you know, we're all around it constantly. So that helps that I, I kind of see these things a few weeks, you know, or months before before other people get a chance to which is nice
0: you know what's amazing to me is how quickly the the cream does rise to the top with this stuff and and maybe that's because of the internet and everybody's connected but so much of this stuff is just nonsense but occasionally there is something like like Eero. i'm sure katie you already knew about it. I'd, i had heard many nice things about it from people as well it's like there are technologies that suddenly race to the top
2: Right. And of course you see that at CES. If you've ever been, my gosh, you go into those halls and you think, and you know, none of this stuff is going to make it to market. Yeah. Like what, you know, what are we wasting our time for? And then there are those things that, that you, I can just tell by looking at it. Uh, I, I don't know, maybe it's like a sixth sense that I have about, like, that is impressive. Like that is a remarkable device. Um, whether it's some sort of home camera, like the, um, uh, like the, like, like, like Ringley, right. Uh, the doorbell. Um, you know, uh, my friend James was working on that, and then boom! Here, here I see him on these national television commercials for for the doorbell. You know where. Shoots video and and you know is is like a home alert system. You can be at work and get alerts and motion alerts, um, and to you know see what's happening right in the front of your house. It's also a doorbell, and you can let people in if you're in bed. You don't feel like answering the door. Uh, you know, solicitors come into your house, like those types of things. It's like when you see it in action at one of these conferences or something. Like wow. I need to I need to feature that,
0: you know. So so when you decide, hey, this is something I want to do a story on because you're 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 writing for television, you know, as opposed to so many of our guests that are writing for press or Internet. Um, how you know, what do you do? I guess you get a copy. You get the product to try it out and make sure it lives up to the hype. But I mean, what types of steps are you going through as you start prepping that as a story?
2: Well, I try to treat it as if I it's kind of how I try to treat like news stories on my show. It's it's how would the audience watch it if they're making pancakes with their family and, and kind of preparing their day? Um, you know, what kind of curiosity would they bring to this product or this story? And that's the the curiosity I try to bring to it. So, you know, open the product like Erio for the first time. Well, what happens, you know, how, how easy is it to set up? Is it mind boggling, mind bogglingly difficult No, it was incredibly easy, you know, just launch, download the Erio app in the store and in the the app store on your iPhone and set it up that way. Oh, my gosh, it was so easy. Okay, well, that I, you know, I can see then my audience going through that same process. And if there's any of these little hurdles along the way, that's going to, of course, go in there. I mean, but some of the things I end up now using, I've, com- I used to write everything and put everything into Evernote, um, c- you know, categorize things, put it all there. And now I've completely moved. I have to say, I almost completely moved over to Apple notes now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, traitor. For- I know. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, what are you talking size. about, Katie? He's right. He's on the side of right here. It's crazy. I mean, uh, I, I'm just looking through some of my folders right now in Apple notes and, it's, it's amazing. Just like, you know, segments for the show or before the show, I get on the air, we've got four hours of a live broadcast and I'm going through the stories from the day and I'm, you know, copying and pasting different quotes and things that these politicians said, or heck, you know, I'm going to be interviewing Donald Trump in an hour on the show. So what did, you know, Ted Cruz say about him last night and, and what is he responding to? And, but, you know, Mr. Trump, you contradicting something you said a year ago, here's what you said a year ago, you know, all of those things kind of just get into Apple notes and it just kind of lives there. So I've got like, you know, news stories, I've got things from my, from my, from my home business and everything all in there as well. And upcoming segments, things I'd like to review. They're all just like living in Apple notes. It's just so stinking easy now,
0: you know, and if you're like me, I snorted. I mean, when I heard last year in the keynote, oh, and we got an all new Apple Notes and I'm like, are you kidding me? This is what they're talking about. I mean, and, and so I was ready to I actually started an article to trash it, you know, with the intention of saying, okay, this is why. Uh, you know here we are apple notes you know and it it hooked me you know and i'm using right. it it's not it's not even really fair because you know apple has the integration with the operating system that no third party developer can get so they're cheating a little bit but they did a good job with it
2: yeah and i was sitting next to gruber at that event <laughs> i felt you know yeah. here here's a guy who built vesper you know and i'm i'm
0: yeah, it looks look remarkably similar to vesper in many ways <laughs> right right yeah, that's rough. But uh so so you're using now are you using rich text in it? I mean are you kind of going full hog with it?
2: I do and I don't. So I mean I've got a mix. I've got it it really is a hodgepodge and I think you would probably be upset to see what I've got in here. I mean you know, I, I I've got I've got images thrown in here. I've got I've got links. Um you know, I'm not a font font fiend. So I don't kind of go crazy with that stuff. And I don't really much mind that, but I'm using a lot of the features in here. A lot of the bulleted lists, the dash lists, numbered lists. I'm, I'm, you know, uh, diving into some of the to-do list features, um, you know, marking things up. Uh, I keep a lot of photos in here that I need to mark up and, and write around and keep uh, links. Um, So it's, uh, you know, saving articles to it as well. So I think I it's use nice. just about all of that. Yeah,
0: I mean, like one of my favorite workflows is—I guess you call workflow—whenever I get on the phone, especially for the day job, and I'm talking to somebody about a contract or something we're doing—is I, I take notes in Apple Notes. I've done this for years. It's always been plain text. Now I'm doing rich text because I've got it available, and the ability to make a checklist in there. I mean, that stuff is always for me going to end up in OmniFocus at some point. But just while I'm in the app to make a little checklist where I can click off—you know—when I get off the phone. You know, and at the end of the call, say okay. Just to summarize, these are the three things you want me to do, and then I have them there. Um, I use that every day, and and that's not something I thought I ever would do, but it's it's really quite nice. Now, Katie, have you made any move towards Apple Notes, or did you? You're just still a hundred percent Evernote lady.
1: I got about a half dozen to a dozen notes in there at any given time. It's it's more my quick access notes. It's more stuff that I either need to access quickly and sync across multiple computers and. Don't want to go digging into Evernote because I've probably got several hundred documents in Evernote at this point. Um, but no, I'm, I've I've not dug in. I'm still convinced you're all going to get burned on Apple Notes one day, but I could be proven wrong.
0: Yeah, very possible. <laughs> very possible. Now, yeah. Clayton, where are you hitting your um the wall with Apple Notes? Where are the problem areas and the stuff that's not working for you?
2: That's a good question. I don't know that I have. Uh, so far, it's been, uh, you, you know, I run... Uh, I run a real estate company from home and I have multiple folders for any stage of like a rehab on a property. Yeah. And so under my sort of main folder, I've got, you know, properties that are available properties that are rehabbed properties that have closed uh, administration. I've got all of that just like housed within, in that one main, one main folder. Um, One problem I have, you know, on iOS, I wish I could move, I wish I could move items more fluidly on the iPad Yeah, because so much of what I do now is on the iPad that to be able to move uh, certain things and just sort of drag and drop. um, I would love to, you know, be able to just slide items right to another folder. Um, Maybe if it's changed status a little bit easier than I can. Um, And there's really not a real fluid way to do that. Um, So it's just some of the fiddly differences between iOS and the Mac so far um, but they're not enough to keep me from using it right now.
0: Yeah, me too. It's like it's like they have different keyboard shortcuts f- for right. the same function on the Mac and the iOS. It's like, come on, Apple, that that feels pretty bush league to me. Um, right. But, but the uh, but it, you're right. It, overall, it's a it's a really it's a it's a contender. I'm not saying that everybody should use it, but it's definitely something to consider. And we hear from a lot of listeners that are using it these days too. So we kind of got off track, though. So you, you, when you're working on a story, it, so it sounds to me like you start kind of taking your notes and ideas in in Apple Notes.
2: Yeah, and it all just goes right in there. And you know, it's great for me to be able to you know bold text, uh, highlight, you know, jump between stories pretty quickly. Um, it's easy for me to drag, uh, you know, drag articles right in there. Uh, I, you know, I used to I used to use Pocket for a lot of this. Yeah, and I find that I'm I'm really saving it here. Uh, for stories that I'm going to need to dive into uh, rather than, you know, rather than pocket, Uh, you know, just from a story basis. And um, it's really been powerful and, and it's very fast. I mean, obviously it's the right there. It's right in my dock. I'm able to launch it. You know, I launch it fast on my iPad on the show and I'm sit there with, you know, with my iPad pro like right there on the show. It's super simple to use. It's super convenient. The battery lasts all day. Even it was amazing. Even like using it through the whole four hour show, non-stop uh, with the screen mostly on um the battery still lasts all day i yeah. don't really have to worry about it at all and
0: how i don't many, have to yeah how many notes do you have in apple notes at this point let me see i have 300 and yeah yeah 350
2: and i don't go i'm not very good about going through and you know cleaning stuff out although yeah. I should. We have
0: been but, hearing from listeners that 2000 is where it starts to kind of slow down. That if you get to 2000, you may have some issues, but 300 you're fine. Yeah, so far so good. Well, well so so I want to transition at some point over to that iPad Pro as well cuz that that is an interesting bit of technology for Mac power users these days. Um the yeah. the uh, the, uh Kitty snorting. I think you snorted.
1: <laughs> well, but before we go over to the, the iPad Pro, I want to spend a little more time on on your your show prep and, and all of that. When, when you're not doing your tech guy stuff at Fox, when you're when you're doing more of the the standard Fox and Friends anchor stuff, you know that that's a show that goes on. I think you said for four hours. I I, I know right. it, it. seems like it's on forever. I'm sorry. Nothing, right. Not that it gets old or anything on the weekends, but um. You know what is how? How do you do all of your your digging and investigating for that for those stories? I mean, I know it's it's not constantly new every four hours. Some of those are, are are repeats, and and you go over some of the same stories again. But that's still a lot of topics that you have to cover, and a lot of things that you generally have to be aware of. I mean, are you given kind of a hit list, or these are the things that we expect to come up on topics? And then, what is your process for going through and? and researching and staying on to, to get the information that you're going to put in your Apple notes outline.
2: Yeah. You know, we have, fortunately we have producers. So on my way in, in the morning, I'm reading through the ton of articles that I may have missed before I went to bed. My problem is I I stay up too late anyway. So I'm kind of up on major stories, but obviously there's always developments overnight. So, you know, I'm, I'm reading all of, you know, uh, quite honestly, as much as I think that I, in the, you know, when I'm in on my way to work, Thinking well, um, you know, am I going to whether it's the train or some other form of fashion how I'm getting to work? Am I going to read on my iPad? And it turns out I end up using my iPhone more than more than that. Um, it's just easy for me to launch. I'll launch, you know, the New York Times Now app, which is great. Um, by the way, I wish they had a similar version for the iPad, but they don't. So the New York Times Now app. So I'll dump, you know, jump in there. So essentially, you- the,
0: app, the app is really driving you to the device almost. Yeah, exactly.
2: I probably would not pick up the iPhone. If there was a New York Times now version for, for the iPad, I'd be, I'd be all over that. And I read, you know, every article I can that's relevant, you know, that I know that we're probably going to cover on the show right there on my iPhone. Um, I jump into, you know, I jump into mail of course, and I'm, I'm going through all the links that our producers have sent over that I know we may or may not talk about and I'll launch them. And I, I usually, you know, I either save them, I usually save them to reading list, just I won't go I just kinda go right through, boom, 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 save them all to reading list, and then I, I launch reading list. And you know, before I used to uh I would save them to pocket or something like that and open all of that, but it's just it's just easier because it's right there. And I just can, you know, right from the share sheet, just that's what I, you know, or I I think I long press. What do I do? I'm trying to think if I I think you long, I, I can long press, right? Using three D touch. Yeah. Um And just save it right to reading list then. So that little extra 3D touch implementation saves me that time in the morning because, you know, I'm trying to sleep as long as I can in the morning before I have to get up to go to do the show. So every minute is like precious. And then I try to read a number of sources around each article. So let's say there's a story about, uh, who knows, uh, Bernie Sanders supporters upset that – uh, that Hillary Clinton's, uh, you know, that the the DNC is shutting them down, right? And that was a big story this weekend or last weekend out of Nevada. So, well, there's a whole bunch of different sources for that. So read the Washington Post, read the New York Times, read some conservative blogs, and then read some some liberal blogs, and and try to have like a well-rounded understanding of what the arguments are. And then I'll kind of cut and paste the most relevant clips and and things, sound bites, uh, quotes. Um, Bits of information, historical context, Uh, you know, as a history major in college. So I love historical context for things. And so when you say cut
0: and paste, are you putting into Apple notes? Yeah. So I'll cut and
2: paste it right into Apple notes so that I've got a nice sort of fresh little section like, you know, Bernie Sanders supporters headline. And then right underneath that, a couple of paragraphs uh, just to cut and paste bullet points. So I need to be able to on the air have the iPad in front of me, I can glance down and if maybe one of my co-hosts made a similar point, well, okay, then I'm not going to make that same point, but I can play off of what this person said. You know, we don't have a teleprompter for our show. I mean, we, we do just for like teases and going to commercial break, but our whole show is ad lib. So I need to be able to, you know, contextualize the news and, and bring that level of understanding that I'm either familiar with from, because I was a history major and I love this stuff or just because I read it overnight and I can bring that to the audience. Um, And my goal is to try to make it as accessible as possible, as if someone is making pancakes and has one ear to the TV and two eyes on their children who are dropping orange juice on the floor, you know? And so how can I make it as palatable, but also make sure that I'm hitting all the facts that are relevant?
0: Now, now I want to get pedantic for a minute because this is a workflow i think i know how you're doing it but i want to hear about it because i'm sure a lot of users would be interested when you save it to apple notes how are you doing it are you doing it through the link or are you just copying and pasting what what how are you saving to apple notes
2: right so i mean as far as like the actual text
0: yeah like so if you go to an article you said you said sometimes it's sound bites or sometimes it's text you as you're surfing the web how do you get that stuff into your apple notes Right.
2: So often, let's say I'm just in a full article. Um, I will I will use the share sheet and just dump it right into a new note. For instance, if that happens to be a note that I want to utilize, uh, or you know, if that's an article I want to fully utilize, so I'll dump it right in there from the share sheet. Um, either add it to an existing note. So let's say that for that Bernie Sanders art you know article or that story, if I had already created a note. Then of course the choose note option pops up, so I can go right to that choose note, the one that I already labeled, and I yeah. can add that article. So I could add four or five articles to that same main topic. Um, then of course when I'm in that note, I can extract, you know, that info right from that note. I can cut and paste it so that it's, you know, I don't have to open the link every time. Exactly. I want it all right there where I can glance down quickly and see it. I'm not. I don't have
0: time on the air to to launch articles and wait for you know, wait for Safari to load over LTE. Yeah. And and that's really the the way Apple cheats with Apple notes is it's so integrated in the operating system. I mean, it is almost a zero resistance workflow for you to put that stuff in. Whereas any way you had done it before Apple notes, it would have taken more work to put that together.
2: Right. And I love that. I just, and I love the design of it too. I just think it's clean. It's nice. When it puts the article in, it puts that nice little uh, border around the article link um, with a little, you know, summation, a little uh, preview and summation of the article right there, uh, so I can I can dive right into it. Plus, it it saves the it saves the title uh, right to the top.
0: Yeah. And yeah, and the other technology you talked about, Apple Reading List, is another thing. It's it's like Instapaper or Pocket, but not quite as good, but has deep deep integration into the system, which makes it really easy for you to access it. And you know, right, st- and
2: on the air, I use it all the time, and I, I you know, I always, always, always tap the. Um, I don't know what it's called. The
0: eyeglasses or whatever.
2: Yeah, but then I also always tap the remove uh, HTML yeah. or the uh, re- you know um, almost insta paperizing it. What is it using it? The the,
1: um, the readability engine.
2: The yeah, the readability. Yeah, so I just tap that and strip out all that stuff because I need to be able to scroll quickly, and I don't want ads popping up. That's the worst. I've made that mistake. You know, I have something that I think I'm going to talk about during an interview and I, I glance down and there's some pop up ad in my way, you know, like hovering over where where I was just about to read and look and then trying to hit that tiny little X on the fly is not going to happen.
0: It's interesting because, you know, both of these are examples of Apple coming in and taking an existing kind of nerd technology and kind of bringing it down to to mortal or human scale you know people who are not super nerds to make it useful to them i mean it seems like right in the the pocket for your 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 viewers to for you to share that kind of stuff right and to me the 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 counterpoint to this is just the last week or two were you at google io i'm not sure if you were there or not
2: no i wasn't everybody everybody's
0: just losing their their you know what over this about how the artificial intelligence google's doing is amazing and it looks to me like it truly is they're doing some really revolutionary stuff and how Apple's is going to blow it because they're it's just not on their radar. And I don't know, maybe they're right, but maybe another angle is Apple's just going to wait until the stuff gets easy enough to make it, you know, the, the, you know, the Apple notes version of this stuff or the, you know, I, I, I maybe they just don't want to go that far down the rabbit hole. I don't know.
2: Yeah. I, you know, I had this debate on Twitter this week and, or whatever this is airing, but this, this one of these weeks and I, First of all, as much as I love this stuff, as much as I love Siri, as much as I love my Amazon Echo, I don't know how widespread, you know, we think about this war that's going on with artificial intelligence or or machine learning. And quite honestly, I don't know how much people are actually using it. You know, are people really using OK Google all the time? I never see anyone using that in public. And maybe it's something that you do in your home, and maybe it's better suited for the home. I never see anyone out at a bar using Siri to present their friends with sports scores. When I do it, I look like the weirdo who's doing it. And I do it all the time, and yeah. my friends always laugh at me when I do it. I don't see anyone ever doing it. And I'm on trains, I'm on public transportation all the time, I'm all, you know, in Manhattan, and I never see anyone using it. So I don't know. I think you're right. I think there is something. I think there's this rush to judgment about about this. And I think maybe it's the it's the way in which apps are now communicating that I'm excited about, you know, using extensibility or portions of apps to get you pieces of information. So we're not necessarily having to open a full app. We're getting the best of open table or we're getting the best of that particular app. So almost like apps are being sliced up and there's no real reason to have the full app open again. And that's what I'm more excited about. And I think that has broader implications than uh, all of this sort of across the room, okay, Google, unless it's in the home when it seems normal, when I can walk home, we're about to have Taco Tuesday and I can say, you know, uh, you know, Amazon Echo, play my jazz playlist. And all of a sudden it just comes on, we've got our hands dirty and we sit down and have tacos. Uh, and that's that to me is a, a more interesting application of this technology.
0: Well, well, we're gonna take a break. I wanna come back to it, but I'll tell you, I'll leave you with this tidbit. None of my family ever cared about Siri. All of my family talks to the Amazon Echo. Right. I mean, there's just no, it, it's a, It's part of life for them. And that that is very fascinating to me that they picked up that and they did not pick up the other. But anyway, let's take a quick break and come back and talk about some of this stuff.
1: I want to take a minute to thank our next sponsor, FreshBooks. I love FreshBooks because they are on a mission to help small business owners save time and avoid the stress that comes with running their business. And that all starts with pain-free invoicing, something that, believe me, is typically anything but pain-free. FreshBooks has created a super intuitive tool that makes creating and sending invoices simple. It takes just 30 seconds to create and send an invoice, and you can even add your company logo for that extra special touch. FreshBooks will give your clients a ton of ways to pay you, because the easier it is, the more likely you are to get pay. They allow you to receive credit card payments, and they integrate with services like PayPal. And this can seriously improve how quickly you get paid. In fact, FreshBooks says that their customers get paid on average five days faster. You can even see whether or not your client has looked at an invoice, so there's no more excuses for lost or unpaid invoices. You can even set up automatic late payment reminders, too. And that's just for invoicing. FreshBooks has so many other features to help keep you organized. You can easily keep track of your expenses so you don't have to worry about this inbox full of receipts or the shoebox that you keep in the closet that you ship off to your accountant once a year. And if you're in the United States, you can automatically import your bank transactions for easy reconciliation. They've recently revamped their mobile application and it even lets you take photos of your receipts and FreshBooks is gonna organize them for you for later use. It can even create expense reports for you, making claiming expenses at tax time a breeze. They have great reports so you can easily see who owes you what and when. FreshBooks works with a lot of different third parties and they have a ton of different integrations and they have time tracking software to help you send better invoices, which is really important for freelancers or anyone who bills by their time because your time is your money. And of course, they have amazing support, which is really at the core of FreshBooks. They believe in it. There's no phone tree. You call the number, someone's going to pick up. And to get started with FreshBooks is extremely simple. You don't have to be a numbers person. They're offering a 30-day free trial for listeners of MacPower users. No credit card required. It's risk-free. So to claim this 30 days of unrestricted use, go to freshbooks.com, F-R-E-S-H-B-O-O-K-S.com slash M-P-U, and please enter MacPower users in the How You Heard About Us section so FreshBooks knows that you came from this show. That part is really important thanks again to FreshBooks for sponsoring Mac Power users and all of relay FM all
0: right there's so many ways we can go with this Clayton because I want to talk about your iPad, but we, we did kind of tease a little bit the home automation and the echo stuff. Um, where are you these days with some of the home automation stuff? I mean what is it making you excited
2: well I've been really excited about the home automation i've really thought. <clears throat> Our mutual friend, Ken Ray, I've had debates with him over the years about the future, um, you know, the sort of the future battle. And I think three years ago, we made a bet on, on Mac OS Ken. Uh, I said, maybe it was four years ago. I don't know. I, I said, I think the future is the battle for the living room. And he laughed at me and he said, no, the battle is the future is mobile is the future Mm -hmm. that, and I, and I don't know, I don't know. Maybe I think, I, I think my, my premonitions might be coming true because now we're seeing this battle for the living room where everyone spends the most time, right? So how does it interact with your television? Can I turn on my lights? Can I not, you know, can I open my garage door? So all of those things are really fascinating to me. We just moved into this new house, and I j- was up there changing a light bulb, putting in some LED bulbs in our garage door opener. And I looked on the side of this thing, and it was like a lift master, and it's Wi-Fi enabled. So
1: <laughs> what the heck? I had no idea,
2: right? Like, yeah. well, I didn't Not know sure about that's this. That's a good idea. <laughs>
0: all right,
1: you know, <laughs> like, I just did- I just added one of those third-party Chamberlain MyQs that Casey List keeps talking about all the time uh, mm-hmm. to my you know old standard garage door opener. And, and it's nice. I've, I've used it a hand, you know, I've used it a handful of times for legitimate purposes rather than just the novelty of it. And it's, it's nice to be able to do that kind of stuff. I think one of the problems is, is a lot of these Internet of Things things don't talk to each other. Bingo. Um, ugh. Well, and, that's
2: my biggest frustration. And even HomeKit, like, where is HomeKit? I mean, I know at WWDC, the rumors are we're going to see a HomeKit app and we should have seen that a while ago. So I think there's that problem is this, this, the, the lack of communication between these devices or just how difficult some of them are to set up and how easy some of the other ones are to set up. For instance, even like setting up some of the iDevices, devices, right? We moved and we can't, like, I haven't been able yet to even set them up in the new house because they're just, it's too complicated. Like launching the app. is just like, oh, what is going on with this app? Like, Holy smokes. I can set up like 80 rooms, but this one is a zone. And this zone talks to the, I, when I compare this zone and I just want to add it to this wifi network. Like, how do I do that now? So really, I think there's still like a level of complication that, uh, that I think a lot of people are not ready for the Amazon echo though, is a whole other beast because once you, And there's still a level of complication there. But I think when you show people like we had some friends over the other night for dinner and just showing them, here are a few things that I use it for every morning. We come downstairs, say, uh, you know, Amazon Echo, I won't say the name, Um, uh, you know, read me the news and I've got certain news sources set up. So that'll read me, you know, like tune in radio NPR. Here's the, your flash briefing, blah, blah, blah. And then a few other news sources. And then it'll give me the weather. And the kids will sit there five years old, three years old, and say, Amazon, uh, you know, Echo, what's the forecast for today? And like, ooh, I get to wear a sweater today, or ooh, I get to put on rain boots. And so all of those implementations, or, you know, just play my jazz playlist and add whatever playlists you want. It's incredibly useful. And you and I were talking before about the Sonos. I love my Sonos products. However, it's just so much easier to use the Echo that, uh, you know, I find out that I'm not using the Sonos as much as I'd like anymore.
1: Well, and I think the people who are really getting into the Echo, uh, and and more so geeks like us and our audience, are the ones who are using it for additional applications like those home automation devices. You know, the first thing I do when I come in the door now after work is I I ask the Echo to set my thermostat to, you know, 78. So it, it starts cooling down my house. And when I go to bed at night, I, I have the Echo turn off the the bedroom light and, and turn on a fan because I like to sleep with a, a fan on. And those are just great little things that I can do with, with my voice that, you know, is it gimmicky? Sure. But is it probably worth the 99 bucks that I paid for the dot that I keep by my bedside and then having a Bluetooth speaker in my kitchen that can do all that stuff? Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Well, yeah, just, I think
0: just the yeah. other day, um, I, my wife was going to borrow my car. And she's like, do you have any gas in your car? I'm like, I don't remember. You know, I mean, I guess I should know, but I don't. So, so I asked the Echo because I've got an automatic in my car, which is connected to Echo. And you can actually ask my Echo, you know, how much fuel is in my car. And it told me. And that, that was like a normal wow. transaction for us. We didn't, you know, it, it did not um, make our eyes bulge. It was just like, okay, all right. Well, it sounds like I got enough gas. You're fine.
2: Well, and the difference is, you know, I I have, I'll have like my phone upstairs plugged in overnight. And so we're kind of up in the bedroom and my wife and I are getting dressed in the morning. We're thinking like, well, what's the for you know, what's the weather going to be like today? But the, uh, you know, the, the echo is downstairs in the kitchen. Maybe I need to move it and just get a dot. You'll be fine. Yeah. I need to do that. Um, and I'll, I'll say, you know, hey, you know, ask, ask Siri for that. And it's like, and it either can't hear me half the time or when it does, it, it'll say it where I have to look at it. You know, it doesn't quite, it doesn't quite get it where I just want to know across the room, what the forecast is going to be like, like, don't make me like, here's your forecast. Like, great. Now I have to walk all the way over there and look at it, which sounds like a first world problem. But, um, you know, I, I, the way that the Amazon implementation is, is I think it's just so much nicer.
0: Yeah, um, it, it feels like the the difference, the delta between Siri and Echo, really is not that much. I mean, the, it can do most of the things. Like when I first bought the Echo, I almost returned it. Like when the first couple of days, I'm like, every one of these things I can do with Siri. Why do I need uh, you know this hundred and fifty dollar piece of gadget in my house? But it's just that little. It's just like an it's just a hair's breadth away. But it makes all the difference. The response time the voice recognition are just better. And that, that is the kind of stuff that does concern me for Apple. It's like, I feel like, come on, Apple, you guys should be better at this. And
2: then this is what Apple's best at, right? They'll wait a few years and there's going to, you know, there'll be some Apple home, right? They'll
1: leapfrog them, yeah. Three right. years later, and they'll leapfrog know, them.
2: Right. So all of this, oh, we've, we've, we're talking, you know, where you have a, a phone plugged into the wall and you ask for Siri and it can't even hear you in a loud room. And then the echo can hear you perfectly with kids yelling and everyone's screaming. It'll still manage to somehow get that trigger word and launch. It's amazing to me how that thing works all the way across the room in a loud room. It can do it even with the TV on or something else. But, you know, the iPhone plugged in has a real difficult time doing it
0: now. Yeah. Well, hopefully, I hope you're right, because they, they need to, to up the game there on that on that part. But it, it is really nice uh, seeing my family use it, because they've never been interested in this stuff. And the reason is because the first time they tried it, it worked, and, and the second time it worked as well. The Echo is pretty particular about syntax. You have to ask in a very particular way. Um, I think Siri can be a little more liberal sometimes. Well, I know I'm going to get email about that one, but... The uh, in general, you really have to get the echo syntax down right. But they know for the stuff they want, they know it. And like I said, they use it. Which is when a normal person starts using the technology is when my eyebrows go up.
2: Right. Yeah. When a three year old can ask you know to play REM songs, you know you know you're onto something.
0: Yeah. So what other kinds of uh, home automation tech is uh, is making you happy these days?
2: Well, I do like my hue. I you know I wish there was a. I wish it was easier to use some of this stuff Uh, and, and that kind of stuff, right? The, the, like the hue bulbs are, are great. And I have certain scenes that are set for watching movies and things like that. So I, I do like that and appreciate that. my wife was yelling at me. She's like, it's so bright in here. Um, and I'm like, well, just watch this and switch the scenes to movie. She's like, ah, that's so much better. So, you know, she's a technology reporter, right? So she gets, it frustrates her when I, like, make these, like, decisions and put things in without sort of consulting her on it. Um But in the end, it ends up – I usually end up winning those battles. Have um, you tried
0: the new Hue app? You know they have a
2: new no, app. No, no. She,
1: she lets you win those battles. You just That's think true. you've won those battles. I
2: know. I know. It's true. Um. No, yeah. Well, no, I haven't even since I got them installed. This since the yeah. move, I haven't even played with the new Hue app. Is it oh, actually it's, cleaner?
0: Yes, it's, it's, it's
1: better for setting up rooms and zones. Um, oh, good for, for I, I bundling things just, together.
0: Yeah, I think it's just generally better. The other one always felt kind of hokey to me. This one is, is tighter. But the uh, yeah,
2: I like that. I'm a big fan of Canary. So uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Canary, yeah. the you know, um, home. Uh, I don't know, home surveillance, uh, home cameras. Uh, I like, I like those a lot. Um,
0: yeah, I have two yeah. of them. I, I, I got in on the Kickstarter. We talked about this in the show, Katie, like a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. And the, um, um, we, since then I bought a second one because I just felt like, you know, cause when we travel, we have people that stay at our house. Um, and it is really nice, uh, getting the little notification when someone enters your home and being able to push a button and see it. It's not connected to anything. It's really kind of a world into itself to get back to Katie's problem. But, it's there. Right.
2: Yeah, I have this vision of of being able to leave my keys behind you know, or you know, not have to carry any of this stuff and just use my phone or my Apple Watch. I use my Apple Watch for everything. Um for my like for my business. I wouldn't be able to live without my Apple Watch. And so if to just to be able to leave the house and just have my watch, be able to tap an August lock, come into my house, it knows that I'm home, turns on the lights turns down the thermostat to like my home setting during the summer, uh, you know, be able to just to tap on my watch if it was fast enough to work with apps where I could turn off the lights outside when I'm going to bed. That's the kind of utopia I envision. But we're not there yet. So I feel like a lot of these things are pretty fiddly at the moment. And, you know, I, I certainly like getting, you know, I get canary alerts on my my watch. That's great. But when if I want to launch it to actually look at video of it or That's not something I want to do because it's too slow. So there are all these little fiddly things, I think, right now with home automation that we're just not there yet. Um, And I thought, frankly, we would have been closer in 2016 than we are. I think a lot of the problem, though, comes down to all these companies trying to create their own environments without trying to have everything talk to each other. And I think that's what's so exciting about things like the Echo.
0: Yeah. And, And Apple, frankly, holds some responsibility Because I feel like they never pushed down on the gas with with the home initiative. You know, they've got HomeKit, but I mean, we really haven't seen much come out of it. And it's been at least two years. Has it been three years now? I've lost track, but it seems like this thing should have been much further along and it's not.
2: Yeah. I think part of it is what's interesting about the Echo, you know, there's a framework, obviously, for accessing that API with... With HomeKit, you're dealing with apps. So you're you're dealing with all these different companies that want to have their own app experience yeah. built on HomeKit. And I think with Apple not releasing their own HomeKit app to make sort of a central repository, it ends up being like the Wild West. You have this like crazy looking Hue app. Then you have like iDevices with their own app. Then you have Honeywell making their thermostat app, Nest with theirs. And it just, you know, Well, Nest was never integrated with HomeKit, but you know it just looks like the wild west.
1: And my understanding is that many of the, because of some of the security settings and precautions that Apple has put in, and again, this is kind of Apple's stance on these things. A lot of it is requiring additional hardware. I know WeMo had initially Belkin's WeMo products had initially announced that they were going to come out with HomeKit compatibility, but then realized that they couldn't do it with their existing line of of products. Is my understanding of how that worked. Whereas they work just fine with with Amazon's Alexa. Uh, and, and so that's a big barrier. You know, Philips Hue ended up having to come out with a new hub. Thankfully, they didn't have to replace all their light bulbs. And if you had existing light bulbs, you could just upgrade your hub for a smaller price. Um, but right. I think the, that's a big the, problem for people.
2: Well, yeah, and the chip, you're right. I mean, the HomeKit chip, basically, it needs to go in these devices. Um, so you can't just shove a chip back in there. But the hub, you can update. Um, you know, I even asked that of Canary and what their plans were with HomeKit. And obviously, those those particular the current HomeKit cans or Canary HomeKit, the the current Canary cans, you know, the tall sort of look like soda cans, don't, are not, there's no way they could work with HomeKit. So no amount of firmware is going to change that.
0: Well, I mean, one of the requirements Apple has is is they actually put um, um, uh, security into it where it's encrypted. And a lot of the older stuff doesn't do it, which frankly, I think is a good idea. I mean, when you're going to have, things that can maybe unlock your doors or turn on cameras in your house to have um, all sorts of security involved. But I don't know that that's the only reason. I think part of the reason is i just don't think Apple has taken as much of a leadership position as they could have with this.
2: Yeah. I, I'm hoping WWDC, we're going to see some big changes in that. Uh, it's been a lot of their demos. We even saw that with the Apple watch, right? The ability yeah. to open and close a garage door with your Apple watch. And so I know that it's, I I I know that it's been important to them. I just hope that it takes a, A greater stance. I have to think now on the heels of everything that Amazon's been doing and Google's been doing and the push in the home that that we're going to see some broader implementation of that at WWDC this year.
0: Hey, circling back to your Apple Watch, are you using many third party apps? I mean, you're talking about how essential it is. What what parts of the watch are working for you best?
2: Honestly, the the parts of the apps that are, I think Gruber wrote about this recently, and it's so true, is that the way in which I use the Apple Watch are for fast notifications. These are the things. So, uh, you know, with with my business, I use Fantastical um, as my main calendaring system. And without it, I don't know what I would do. So I have a whole sort of back end craziness with some software that I use to bring in. Uh, my calendar appointments. So when people book time with me, uh, you know, in half hour chunks, it lives on my fan and it goes in right into Fantastical um, for my, you know, for my home business uh, calendar. And I live and die by my watch with, with calendar appointments. So it's really just simple notifications. I have it set with five minute notifications right before a call is supposed to set. And, you know, I get that little notification, a little Fantastical thing pops up And I make the phone call five minutes later. I can hit snooze or dismiss. But most of the time, it's just reminding me that, hey, I've got a call starting uh, in a few moments. And just simple things like I use Lose It as well. So reminding me to log my dinner or log my lunch or log my breakfast. And I have that set for one hour after I eat, which is perfect because sometimes, you know, you, you eat 15 minutes late or 15 minutes before. Who knows? But an hour later, is enough time that I've probably clearly ate dinner. So now time to log my calories for the day and, and lose it if I want to try to
0: continue to lose some weight uh, and track, you know, track my fitness. Now does lose uh, it allow you to log the food on the watch or you got to get your phone out for that?
2: Uh, you can log car- calories, log meals, and log previous meals. Um, so, you know, because, because if at lunch, let's say I eat uh, like a microwave uh, burrito, <laughs> And Just hypothetically, right? Hypothetically, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like a brand name, you know, like Udi's gluten free burrito or something, you know. And if I've plugged that in, you know, it'll know and I can click, you know, I can click previous meal and then it launches the app. I don't like doing that. I just rather launch the phone and, and use it because God knows it just takes too long using the Apple Watch for those types of things. So I just don't bother. Um, I was using it to, and I was actually using it to track sleep so sleep plus plus uh, i was using and because the because i'm at my work i'm i'm at my my imac a lot in my office i have a little apple watch stand here so i plop it on there when i'm no oh, i'm, oh, I'm going to be sitting down for 30 minutes or 40 minutes or so for a podcast or something and so that gives me enough charge that i could actually sleep with it through the whole night and sort of track my sleep patterns and my tossing and turning too much at what three in the morning, did my little girl yell something and I needed to run into her room for something. And you see these spikes and valleys. I've kind of stopped doing that. I'm just like, okay, either I'm sleeping or I'm not sleeping. But um, so those types of things, I I just think that obviously a deep app experience on the, the Apple watch makes no sense at this point.
0: Yeah. Hopefully it gets faster to me. I I know everybody's talking about, Oh, it's going to get skinnier. I I just want it faster. I, I don't care about skinny. I want it faster. OK, um, I, you, we are. You,
1: you got to talk about iOS now, don't you?
0: I do. You've been do. so
1: excited about it ever since the show started. Well, why don't why don't we take our, our last sponsor break and then you can dive deep into, into iOS stuff? Because I know Clayton's doing a lot of new stuff with iOS now. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk with our last sponsor and then we'll come back and talk all about iOS.
0: This week, the Mac Power Users is sponsored by SaneBox. Go to Sainbox.com slash MPU to save $10 off any plan. So the team at SaneBox is scratching their heads because of all the podcasts they advertise on, Mac Power Users is by far the most successful. This isn't really a surprise to me and Katie, though, because SaneBox is a great service and Mac Power Users are exactly the kind of people that will love something like SaneBox. SaneBox learns what email is important to you and filters out what isn't. Imagine having a little tiny robot take care of your email for you. In a lot of ways, that's what you get with SaneBox. Sandbox looks at who sent an email to you and what the subject line is, and then makes some important decisions. It decides whether that's something that goes in your inbox or something you can deal with later. It can also decide if that email is maybe news or spam, and it's wicked smart at doing this. You can train it, but you're going to find that it figures things out pretty quickly all on its own. SaneBox also has the same black hole, which allows you to unsubscribe from any email with one click. You just drag it into the same black hole, and you never see anything from that sender again. SaneBox also gives you the ability to defer email. You can set custom defer times. It can be an hour or a week or a month, and you can send email out somewhere into the future. It's a great way to triage your email when you're feeling overwhelmed. One of my favorite is to defer email for Saturday, and that way I can put off some of the personal email until Saturday morning. It just disappears from my inbox until then. Another super useful feature with SaneBox is Sane Reminders. Whenever you send an email to someone, you can carbon copy or blind copy it to a designated amount of time at SaneBox.com, like one week at SaneBox.com. And if your receiver doesn't reply, you'll get a reminder in one week to follow up. I use this every day. There's even more features that I haven't covered, like the ability to send your attachments to Dropbox or some other cloud service. And the great thing is, because it's a web-based service, it can work with any email application. Lately, I've been testing a whole bunch of email applications on my iPhone and iPad, and Samebox has followed me through all of them. This allows me to pick the best email application for me and doesn't tie me to one that I don't particularly like just because it has some service that I need. Anyway, they've got a bunch of pricing plans. They start as low as $4 a month. They've got a 14-day free trial. And like I said, Mac Power users who sign up for the trial quite often end up subscribing because it really is a superior service. You can get $10 off any plan by going to SaneBox.com MPU. And thanks again to SaneBox for supporting the Mac power users.
1: So Clayton, what's your, what's your current setup now? Are you, are you rocking the new iPad pro and did you get the insanely sized 12 inch or the more reasonably sized 9.7 inch? Not that I'm biased in any way.
2: Will you kill me if I say both?
1: (laughs) Oh my God, (laughs) seriously.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
0: All right. (laughs) Welcome to the team.
2: So I'm crazy because, look, I'm sort of like in the Andy Anako camp for comic books. I love, you know, the large screen for that and for sketching. And I'll sit down and use the Apple Pencil with my son, and he'll sit down and draw. And we'll, you know, we'll we'll launch Pigment, which is such a great app, and do, you know, adult coloring book stuff. And we'll sit there and use Procreate with the Apple Pencil and draw. So I love that larger screen for that. It's amazing. Um, But I have to say, since the new iPad Pro launched and, you know, what it's doing – what it's doing with, with color balance. Um, I just, I love it, you know, so I have it launched sitting right here in sort of this nice evening, evening light right now, the sun setting here behind the house, it's not blinding me, you know, just looking at the screen and it's, it's accurate, you know, it's like an accurate representation of what I'm seeing right now in the, in the ambient light, which is great. I love to sit in sort of our fireplace room and, and, and read books and people sit there and flip through the news and stuff and so to not have it blinding and have it be out of parity with the, the environment is really exciting. I know it's I know it's subtle, but you know, hey, Phil Schiller said it. He said once you see this, you're not going to want to use old technology, which I thought was interesting for a company that this is the only device where this you know this currently lives in the Apple lineup. I was <laughs> like. He said that,
0: you know. Um, it, it reminds me of the first Retina phone I saw. And I saw that screen, that Retina screen, said, you know, I don't want any other screen that's not like this. And right. it took take a few years, but now basically anything you want to buy has that Retina screen. I feel like this is the first of many for this, this screen technology, this auto-adjusting. It, it, it's just like nothing I've ever really used before.
2: And, Katie, I have a problem. I mean, I admit it. I mean, because... <laughs> I just, I can't make up my mind because I like both of them, right? I like, I like how nice and light the smaller one is and it's, it's, it's cute and it's, it's perfect for kind of just, you know, walking around the house a little bit and doing some things and, you know, flipping through the news in the morning and uh, kicking back and maybe flipping through some sports scores, watching my Phillies on the, on the MLB app and those sorts of things. But then. I love going to the coffee shop and that's one of the first things I do for, for my, for my business. You know, I'm, I'm in front of my Mac for most of the afternoon, but for my, for my business, I love dropping my son off at school on my days and I'm not at work and I, I go down to the coffee shop, maybe after the gym and I've got my iPad pro and I plop that out, grab my cup of coffee and I get a ton of work done.
0: And that's the big one.
2: That's the big one.
0: Yeah. What, yeah. what, what are you using a keyboard with it or are you just tapping on the
2: glass? Yeah, I'm using the smart keyboard yeah. and I love, and I love the keyboard. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a keyboard crazy person. So I find that it, I, my brain sort of adapts to keyboards pretty quickly. And I really like that keyboard. I like the texture of it. I like how it feels. I like that I can, you know, it, it cleans easily. Uh, and it feels like a nice full size keyboard to me. And I get a lot of work done using it.
0: I get a lot of emails from people asking if I can type on my lap with the iPad Pro and that keyboard. And I, I have no problem at all with that. I mean, yeah, it, none whatsoever. Yeah.
1: Now I'm going to ask, are you using the, the on, sorry, the keyboard cover at all with the smaller one with the 9.7? Because I'm very interested potentially in getting that because I'm really enjoying my 9.7, but I've had several instances where I've, I've, i wanted to be a little more productive and wanted to use that keyboard.
2: I love it. So I do. Both of them are now attached to this permanently. Although I must admit, when I take off the smart cover on the 9.7 inch, I love just the way the iPad feels. I think it really is. Apple is onto something, was onto something when they settled on that as sort of the ultimate iPad, you know, the the sweet spot. Because just holding it without anything on it, it just feels so good in the hand. Um, But yes, I love this smart keyboard cover for the 9.7 inch. I use it all the time also. So both of them
0: I use and uh, and and get a lot of work done. What are Let's, some of your, what are some of your favorite apps for for getting work done on your iPad Pro?
2: Well, I know this may shock you. I know you guys just did a whole show on mail recently. I have to say because I live and die by email, I have been looking for the, the really deep functionality that Airmail provides. And with the launch of Airmail on the Mac with the new version of Airmail. Yeah. And the parity or, the, you know, really the it's it's sort of I mean, it's almost exact, it's almost identical now on iOS. Um, there's a few things you can't do um, on iOS. that You can do on the Mac, but they're not enough that would keep me from using it. I have now moved. I've actually moved Apple Mail out of my dock and into a folder for the first time ever on iOS.
0: Well, so, Mail is an app that could do it because it has smart folders. I mean, it has a lot of the features that keep people in Apple Mail.
2: I find it, here's the thing, I, with, with, with what I do with, with real estate, I, you know, I end up having clients or people I work with who I need to kind of go back. I need to go back a lot. And I need to find out threads, which particular properties are we talking about, all of these sorts of things. And I need to know where I am in that conversation. And airmail is ridiculously fast
0: for search. And that is one of the weaknesses of iOS mail. I mean, search iOS mail. I don't know what is going on, but it is, it's so slow. And and even after it's done, it still doesn't get everything.
2: Right. I mean, that little progress bar, I want to rip my hair out. Yeah. And airmail is so fast. And what's beautiful about it, I mean, is it can get, you know, I can search, of course, by, by subject. I can search by, by person. Um, I can then archive all of those in one fell swoop. But search is honestly, I think one of the main reasons I'm using airmail now as my predominant app, not to mention all of the things and all the customizations I can do with snoozing uh, certain times of day, um, you know, send things later. Um, And quite honestly, I send. I know this is a a weird and I don't use it all that often, but I know that it's a weird thing for people when that's the idea of whether or not the, you know, things are going to be open and you can see whether or not it's uh, the read receipts. I've, I tried it and I don't really use it all that often, but I did because I was finding some, some of myself was going to spam because if I'm sending a PDF for the first time to someone and I'm just like, okay, are they seeing this thing? They asked me for it. Are they seeing it? But their, their, their email provider is seeing it as spam. And now I can see that they didn't see it. Yeah. And it's, it's going, so that's. I don't. I don't know if it's invasive or not. I don't. Like I said, I don't use it a lot, so don't send me hate mail. But I've just been like testing it. I'm like, you know what? It actually has some non nefarious use cases for me. Yeah. Um, uh, You asked for it. I'm sending it to you, but you didn't see it, and I can see it. And now you're going to get mad at me because you didn't see it. But it's not my fault because it went into your spam folder.
0: Well, it it is a it's a contender. So airmail gang, if you haven't tried it, is they've made significant progress in the last month or two. I mean, they came out with the the iPad version and they did a significant update to the Mac version. Um, It's got like I said, it's got smart folders, which to me is 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 key and frankly they do a better job of smart folders on iOS than Apple Mail does and the search is better so it's not enti- i don't think it's like a it's a no-brainer kind of decision i don't think you if you're happy with Apple Mail there's no reason to move but if you're interested this is one worth looking at i think we're going to do i keep threatening but at some point i i have been using like about six different iOS mail applications for the last month and uh if i can bring anything new to the conversation we're going to talk about it more on the show but this is one worth checking.
2: I have a feel like I love when you guys do mail episodes because, I mean, to me, it's the crux of everything I do. And it's one of the most intimate environments for, for, for us in technology. Everyone every day checks their email. You might go days without checking social notifications, Facebook notifications, tweets, et cetera. But everyone checks their email daily. And so that kind of environment I think is so important. And so I love every time you guys do a mail episode because I learned something, learn something new. I mean, I love a lot of the implementation, a lot of the things, the services you can provide to or the connect with. So yeah. PDF expert, you know, I can dump things right. I can create a PDF right from the email, dump it right into PDF expert, you know, Dropbox. I mean, there's so many great uh, third party third-party services that airmail works with too. That's just, it's a no brainer
0: or even just make a PDF on your iPad, you know, which you can't do with Apple mail.
2: Right. Yeah. To do integration, OmniFocus integration, fantastical. How many times I need to remind myself to do something at a certain time and fantastical. And then have has, here's, you know, here's the, you know, here's all the uh, actionable, uh, you know, things that I need to, I need to take right with um, phone, phone numbers and all that sort of stuff right there.
0: It's, it's brilliant. So what are some of the other uh, hot apps on your iPad these days?
2: Hot apps. Uh, you know, I've been using good notes quite a bit. Um, I recently flew out to one of my markets where I buy rental properties and was walking through properties and, and, you know, t- this is amazing. I mean, to use, I was using the iPad pro camera, which the 9.7 inch camera, which is phenomenal
0: yeah it's, it's it's on par with the iPhone, I
2: believe right, yeah, so taking photos of properties, okay, with my apple pencil in my hand and in certain rooms where I knew we were gonna do certain things with this this property and we're gonna do a total gut rehab on this house, et cetera, um or even neighborhoods right so i I was working on like a different neighborhood for my rental properties and what we were gonna do, so I had the maps right, so screenshot maps put right in good notes, driving around looking like a hundred properties. Scrawling notes right on the map overlay with Apple Pencil, writing good notes, taking then text notes. I had my smart cover with our smart keyboard case with me. So taking notes about the neighborhood, taking notes about, you know, like potential rent numbers, et cetera, like that. Um, how much work I'm going to have to do on this house versus that house, et cetera. And then walking through properties. So then, you know, skipping pages and creating notebooks for certain neighborhoods and then taking photos of houses um, writing down dimensions, taking measurements, all of those sorts of things like lives inside of good notes. So I have a whole, like, I have a whole notebook for this one trip yeah. like a week ago and it's phenomenal. There's no other application that I, well, to my mind. I mean, I know there's notability and some other things, but to use the camera, uh, and, and everything that good notes provides, it's really astonishing.
0: We we had a listener write in about good notes because I'd mentioned on the show and he, or she, I forget now, uh, actually wrote the whole feedback in good notes and just sent us an image of the screen. Just catch that Katie. I
1: did.
0: Yes. I thought that was great. Yeah. it It is a powerful application. And now using the Apple pencil for any other apps, uh, you know, on the productivity side. Um, well, I use, because I do a lot
2: of contracts. So, um, you know, contracts come back. I've got to mark those up, sign them I'm out and about. We're going to buy this rental property. Um, my wife will send me the PDF. Right there. I can launch it right in PDF Expert. Um, I, I think that app is just phenomenal. Yeah. The, the folks at Riedel are brilliant. I've been looking for, you know, and there are obviously a couple of them, but I love this one. Uh, to my mind, I think it's, it's one of the best. They, just, they uh, just
0: had an update now where you can use the pencil and one finger to swipe around the document, which was it just seems like a no brainer. Oh,
2: it's great. Yeah. You can edit and you can annotate with the Apple pencil and you can just navigate with your finger instead of having to like set a certain state and then move it, which was always, I always would forget to do that. And then I draw a line with my finger across the page. Yeah. So yeah, this is, it's great. Um, And it's amazing to me because much of what I do with my company is all, you know, Dropbox based, PDF based, email based, calendar based. I can live with my iPad now. Really, I don't need to be in front of my Mac. I mean, other than recording podcasts and and obviously just having this great screen and I'm sort of my home base, you know, it's it's exciting to kind of sit here and deal with that. But other than that, I, I love just popping, you know, popping the iPad over at the coffee shop and I can get tons of work done.
0: Now, did that sneak up on you? Like, did you like, were you yes. testing it thinking, well, I'm going to see if I can do this? Or did one day you just sit down and say, hey, wait a second.
2: I mean, I think the iPad Pro changed all that. And I think split view, you know, split view. And it did kind of just start sneaking up on me. I think extensibility was the first thing, right? In in iOS 7. And then, you know, with iOS 9, being able to have these, you know, interactions with apps in this way uh, that I guess what I like about it, I talked about this. Uh, I've, I'm just kind of, been I've been really fascinated about this topic lately because it's not that it's not like I'm trying to force myself to do it. It's that I really enjoy the, just the, it kind of works the way my mind works. I'd rather have it clean, clutter-free. And that's what I find so appealing about iOS.
0: And it's the experience of it. And, and it's not even always faster. You know, sometimes this stuff takes a little bit longer than it would if you're sitting at your Mac.
2: Right. And I, you know, very often we probably only need two things open. so, we might want to tell ourselves that we need three things open or four things open, but chances are you're probably working in an environment where you just need two things. And so that's the that's what I love about iOS now is that I can have on one side of my screen I can have an article that I'm reading, and on the other side I can be you know typing in some notes in, in, you know, into Apple notes, um, or I can have my calendar open on one side and I can see what my day looks like and, uh, having a discussion during a conference call, or I can launch go to meeting and, you know, be in this environment right from the app. Um, and it's, it's so great. So it did sneak up on me and I didn't, I was wondering, am I forcing this? Like, am I trying to do something for some reason? Because, and I kept coming back to the idea. It's like, no, I actually, it's, I find it kind of delightful. And at the end of the day that's what it came down to for me that I just find iOS to be more delightful than using the Mac.
0: It's funny I use the same word. Delight plays <laughs> a role in our computing.
2: Yeah. yeah. And when you have an app, when you have an app that's sort of built for this screen it, you know there's something sort of beautiful about it and I I don't experience that same level of beauty with with Mac apps. Uh, it's it's really rare that I do. Uh, To me, it's more utility. And of course, a lot of the apps are beautifully designed on the Mac. Don't get me wrong. But I just find the experience on iOS to be a little bit more focused.
0: Yeah. Although there's still things on iOS that are capable of making me crazy. But but you're right. right. And and the other thing I'm finding is I'm just having a blast learning new ways of doing things. Like, you know, using the workflow app to solve a problem or, you know, just, just coming up with new workflows because I'm a nerd. That's what I do. I think a lot of people out there don't want to have to solve problems. Again, they've already solved it on their Mac. Why should they have to come up with a new workflow on the iOS? But for me, that, that's the kind of stuff that, you know, gets me going. But, but it is really, uh, I feel like it's a very exciting time to be exploring, you know, getting productive work done on iOS. Do you do much dictation with iOS?
2: I don't. Um, well, I, that's not right. That's not true. I do it all the time on my iPhone. Yeah. So when I am, you know, because I, you know, live and die by email, and I've, and I and I use voice memos all the time. Um, but I use obviously iMessage all the time. So dictating messages, I use it constantly. Uh, on the iPad, you know, it's a. I guess it's a little bit different because you're sitting in a coffee shop or something. You're not sort of yelling at your screen the way that you might in. I guess you would on your phone um but i've heard you mention dragon what what do you use dragon anytime
1: dragon anywhere
0: Uh, yeah dragon Dragon anywhere it's um it's a great workflow for like somebody who does a lot of contract work like you and and i granted it wouldn't work in a coffee shop but you know on the big big boy ipad if you use two-thirds of the screen with your pdf viewer of choice and one-third with dragon i will go through and i i do this daily you know because i do i read a lot of contracts a lot of my work is transactional and um Um, I go through and I read it, I mark it up with the pencil and I talk to it and I'll say paragraph two, the attorney fee clause has got a mistake or whatever. You know, I will just like talk into it and then I'll send that off to the other lawyer or to the client with my notes and with very little work to clean it up. And it's a workflow that I I guess it's possible on the Mac, but it's just so natural on the iPad that it's, it's the way I do that stuff now. It's not because, um, I want to explore it. It's because I actually find it. I do better work that way, which is kind of eye opening
2: it's the same true with iMovie and you know I shoot a lot of videos for my for my business so i'm constantly uh, you know whether it's um, I'm shooting different ads or I'm shooting different videos of walkthroughs of properties or I'm just like doing face to camera and, and and frankly talking about real estate investing etc and I'm editing all of that now just right on ios i don't even i don't want to open my Mac to do it and It's just such a clean, nice experience to be able to launch that timeline, cut the pieces in the way that I want, uh, add a little text overlay, done, boom, upload to Dropbox, save, you know, or save to the camera roll, and then upload. And it's just so easy to use, and I, I just love using it. I just, I don't want to open iMovie on my Mac.
0: How about you, Katie? Are you, are you finding anything that's bringing you delight with this iPad Pro?
1: You know, I'm finding that I can be a lot more productive on it, and I was really concerned about the size, as you know, with the with the new iPad Pro, because I'm such a mini person. I love the iPad Mini, but it's the size is fine and i'm really enjoying being able to to split screen stuff to be able to throw something off to one side pull something in on another and be able to work on two things simultaneously so i'm i'm finding that it's a device where i can i can do something on my ipad i don't i before i was saying alright well i'll get around to that as soon as i you know go into the office and start working on the mac and i'm i'm not having to do that now
2: you know another way that i'm using the ipad for photos of my family and things and, and just i'm um... Big photography fan, so with my Sony A7R2, you know, files are pretty massive, but it's great to to be able to import right there on the go. And I find that I was using Lightroom; I still have it. I you know, I pay the monthly Creative Cloud subscription. But I just don't use it as much, and frankly, I've almost stopped using it now in favor of, uh, of photos on on iOS and and the Mac. And Canon is still on my Mac, right? The main. The main library backed up to my Drobo is my Mac. But using the camera connection kit out and about, for instance, my little girl's birthday party was like last weekend and I was there taking photos and then I just like had my iPad with me and just popped the the SIM card right into my iPad and was able to like on the drive home, uh, my wife was driving. Uh,
1: okay, I some, was a little nervous. <laughs> there for
2: a Edit some photos, you know, and yeah. whether with extensibility, be able to dump stuff into Pixelmator and do some vignetting or just you know some color correction. It's amazing, and then you know creating some uh, creating some family albums. Okay, like Ava's fourth birthday party, and then sharing with the family and getting back, and you know knowing that of course the cloud storage on my your uh, you know iCloud on my uh, excuse me storage on my my iPad, I can clean that off or do whatever I need to do, but it's all going to live in the cloud and it's all then going to be stored the main version of it's going to be stored back on my Mac and then on my Drobo's where I keep my iPhotos library. Uh, you know Jason and Snell and I were talking about this recently at a one the Apple event, we were just kind of going back and forth about ideas with and we we're saying, you know, how amazing the Photos app is. And you know, obviously there's it's not as full featured as Lightroom, but to be able to on the go and just to be able to sit back again, come back to delight, I'd much rather at the end of a long day, which is when you're going to edit photos, you're not going to do it like in the middle of your work day. You're yeah. probably going to want to sit back. So, OK, family, kids getting in bed, you know, you want to sit down, and have a glass of wine with your wife or you want to go back to your office and sit at your Mac and edit photos. At eight o'clock at night, or would you rather just like kind of kick back on the couch, feed up and scroll through a few photos and here's my little girl's birthday party and I'm going to edit them and talk about my day. So it's that like little family, you know, it's just that experience of being able to kind of kick back, have those photos sort of in my hand, uh, and be able to utilize that. And by the way, you know, the, you know, the, um, uh, what is, what does Apple call it? Why well, can't I think of it at the moment, the color correction on the new iPad pro, um, uh,
1: yeah, it's it's not night shift, but yeah, I know what you're, where you're going. Oh,
2: why can't I think of it?
1: Um, but it goes you know, away not, when it you're goes away for
2: photos and videos, yeah. which is great. So it's not like I'm color correcting <laughs> inaccurately because it, you know this is on at this type of day. So that goes away, and and very intelligent. So I, I that delight, once again comes in with photos. Well, and, and, for and me, certainly
1: like, it's a it's it's less of a barrier to. It's less of a barrier using an iPad, I think, than than a Mac. If you're sitting in the living room doing some stuff while you're hanging out with the family, um, you know, if you're just having an iPad in your hand and doodling or doing some things, you know, versus sitting there with a with a computer in your lap, that that seems a little more standoffish or, yeah. or even and, worse and, well, and yet also, if you've left and you're now in the office and separate and apart.
2: Right. And you're never going to do it. That's the other thing. I think the bottom line is, is that, oh, honey, you keep telling me you're going to edit our Christmas pictures. Which was the case. It was like six months later, you know? And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. And these are summer pictures. Yes. Right. I'm exhausted. So I don't want to sit in my computer again and continue to do that. So by having that ability to just launch photos on the iPad and kind of go through them that way, when I know that like the main version of that photo is being stored in the Drobo and also in the cloud, and I've got these redundant ways of storing this stuff, it really is fantastic. So it's more of a just a thing of convenience, lowering that barrier to entry or lowering that barrier to getting stuff done is what I'm all about.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I just didn't edit photos. I mean, I, until I got really into doing it with the iPad and Apple photos showed up and just like you, it's something I do exclusively on the couch. If the kids are watching some TV show that I don't care about, but I just want to be in the room with my kids for a couple hours um, and not be creepy and keep asking them questions. I'll sit there with my iPad and fix my right. photos. You know, it's just the kind of thing that you can do. And uh, I don't know, I, I am more excited about technology guys right now than I've been in a long time, because it just seems to me like we've got this whole new world of this Internet of Things that uh, this machine intelligence and and all of this cloud based stuff is really starting to take hold. Um, and iOS is like a brand new operating system. And I expect next month we're going to hear from WWDC that Apple is putting the gas down even harder on you know the iPad and it's going to bring some hopefully some new features like maybe. Clayton won't have such a hard time moving data from one app to the next after June, right? Yeah, yeah that's what I'm most excited about. Uh, uh, what are the things about? Um, and we're, we're not going. We have a huge list, gang. By the way, of stuff we want to talk to Clayton about, and we're getting through like half of it. <laughs> but the um, <laughs> um, but just uh, now that you are using iOS Smart, what are the parts that make you crazy? You know, where are the parts that you you do feel that you know uh, friction?
2: Some of the friction is. Uh... You know, I have to, let's say I have to send, you know, like eight photos of a property to my operations manager who I just hired like a few months ago. And so some of the things that I was doing every day, you know, now she's doing, which is, which is fantastic. But like, just like sending multiples
0: of things. Sending more than one. That's all right. Yeah. Or selecting more than one. Just anything more than one. seems like it needs work.
2: Right, grabbing stuff from Dropbox, and I want to send. You know, say a client is interested in buying a new, you know, rental property. Okay, great. Here's one, two, three Main Street. Here's the property. Oh, but you wanted two, so now I got to go back into Dropbox. I need to grab. I, I would love to be able to just grab multiples of things, and I, I, I would hope that that's something we're going to improve upon. Uh, that's one of my biggest. um, That's one of that's that's pro- that's the biggest complaint i have i have about ios and working in ios
0: yeah like if you want to send eight pictures you're, you you I, I, i've been there because i know exactly what you're thinking you think to yourself well i could do it here one at a time or i could just walk upstairs into the office and send it with my mac you know and, right and that's not really a good you know that that's not a problem i should have to answer
2: one of the other areas is contacts and i live and die by contacts and i've had to As I rebuilt my business over the past year, I've had to rebuild how I think about sort of holistically about systems. And I think this is really important for people who are are solopreneurs or just starting out. You know, you're going to wear all the hats, right? And as Gino Wickman writes in his great book, Traction, there's multiple hats in any business, right? The visionary, you have the finance person, you have your marketing person, you have your sales. You're going to have all of these different hats. And probably in the very beginning, all of those hats are being worn by you your your job is to sort of mark down and figure out all of the areas where you are, you know, all the every step you're doing in your business from A to Z. Don't leave anything behind. Make sure you even if it seems fiddly and tiny, chances are you're going to repeat it at some point. And so, how can you create systems that where you're not adding extra hours to your day? So whether it's text expander, which I use every day. I wish that I could Using like the smart keyboard case and things like that, I could have better access to my text expander snippets. Um, and I don't know if you guys have really that, that's something I, I need yeah. help with.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a problem because if you're using the keyboard cover, you don't, you can't, sw- you can switch. Although, have you tried holding down the little glow button on the keyboard? Yeah. Um, but Do you find that that works? <laughs> yeah. And, and the other problem is it's a, then it's on glass. I mean, it, it, there should be a way to use third party keyboards with the attached keyboard, at least with Apple's keyboard, you would think. And uh, I agree.
2: Right. I mean, I'd love to be able to. So if I switch to text expander and then I'm able to if I you want to you know, type out those, te- you know, those snippets um, and, you know, be able to key return at carriage return after I implement my snippet, it should work. Um, and I have so many snippets that I need to use for my business. Um, that you know, fiddly things, constant reminders, things that are, uh, or things that are people are constantly asking me. and I need to respond to in this way. Um, but contacts also, um, which I guess that was my long way of saying, within you know, within Fantastical, for instance, I, I wish uh, I tap on. So I think there. I, I'm convinced that there are certain levels of apps that maybe like I'm only using, and no other human being is using because there are like these weird things that just never work within iOS within contacts. So, let's say I lo- I'm in I'm in an, I'm in a mail message and I tap on the person's name and then I want to add new contact. Well, you you think that of course that's going to dump the email address in there. It doesn't in Fantastical by the way, and I wish Fantastical would fix that. You tap on the email address to add it to, you know, a contact, which is hard press is what you could do in Fantastical. But it, it then it opens up a new contact space, but then the email is missing. Yeah. So the email is not there. Okay, well, that's the whole reason I just did it because I wanted to create a new contact. So where's that email? Yeah. Is no one else around there doing this? Like, it's a pretty popular app. Like, why is that one thing not? And same thing with Apple's no, or Apple's contacts. I launched to create a new contact. Well, in the note field, I want to create a note about this particular client that this person lives, you know, the, wants to buy five properties they're, They want to achieve this, et cetera, et cetera. But the notes field, I can't access the notes field. Or even
0: I, on the Apple uh, contacts app, maybe you just want to put it in a group. Maybe use groups to organize your oh contacts. Can't do it. Right.
2: So these but weird yet, little third fields. Can, so it's not like
1: it's yeah. not in there.
0: Uh, right. try, try interact for your um for your contacts app. That'll solve your problem on iOS. We talked about it in the show a while back. But it's the same guy who made drafts. It's interact called interact. That uh, that's I like that now. I prefer that on the iOS over anything over the contacts app on the Mac. It's just better. So
2: now I downloaded that, but so if I'm in like a mail message, for instance, and I want to save and create new content, no, what you're you not going
0: to get there. <laughs> okay, so that's the yeah. thing. So I. Yeah.
2: I want to be able to have those types of I would love to be able to use, you know, interact as the as the go to for that type of action.
0: Yeah,
2: I'd love to be able to set, you know, obviously it's all defaulted to Apple's apps, which is fine because they mostly work well. But there are those situations like that where I would love to have that choice that, no, that's the app I want to use.
0: Well, like you, I I am getting a lot of delight out of using the iPad these days, and it snuck up on me too. I didn't think that I was going to become, you know, the zealot over iOS, but apparently I'm becoming one, as Katie's reminding me. But the uh, but it we're going to rename the you. show soon. No, we're not. No, we're not. We're, I still use <laughs> I still use the Mac hours a day. Don't I'm not going um, solely. I mean, I, I I know some people are doing that, and you know, God bless them. But uh, I I really like my Mac too, but. You know, when it comes to the stuff on iOS, it really is interesting. But there is still a lot of stuff that needs to be fixed. I mean, if you're out there and you're not really willing to run down the sharp end of the sword, you may be better off waiting a year or two. Let us fix this for you first.
1: Well, Clayton, we're we're about had the witching hour here, but I do want to give people an opportunity to to find more of your stuff, uh, figure out where what you're up to these days. What's the best place to find you nowadays?
2: Well, geez, you know, I sort of dancing around me building this new business. And I I think, oh God, I spend so much of my time really in real estate investing. And so my, I literally spend 30 minutes back to back to back to back every day on the phone with people um, talking to them about real estate investing and in any sort of state that they might be in, just getting started, et cetera. And I always throw that out there and people don't take me seriously. Like, you're not going to jump on the phone with me. I'm like, yes, I will. Just look at my calendar. It's literally filled, (laughs) except for, you know, there's obviously the next few days. But anyway, um, if people are interested in kind of taking that next step, creating legacy wealth for them or their family and, and, you know, taking the plunge into rental real estate and um, they know that they've been sort of dancing around it for years. I, about five, six years ago, started building a a real estate investing company just for my wife and I. And then it just sort of exploded. Um, Now we do about 10 to 15 properties a month. Um, in the Midwest is where my main focus is. And so we buy properties. I help other people get their first rental properties. And I've created the company Morris Invest. And that's uh, morrisinvest.com is really the best place to to go for that. Or people can always just find me on Twitter at Clayton Morris, too.
1: Sounds like a plan. And uh, of course, you're over um, on Fox News over at Fox and Friends. Um, And um, and we just see you all around the Internet, too.
2: Yeah. I'm always floating around. I'm, I'm active. I'm as active as people want me to be. And that's about enough. That
1: sounds
0: like <laughs> well, plan. well, Clayton, I am not getting rid of the rest of this outline and we are not going to wait three years to have you back. So, uh, so we'll see you again soon. And thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your, your thoughts and opinions with us.
2: Well, I love doing this show, seriously. So anytime you want me back, I'd love to come back and geek out with you guys about this stuff. I think so many people, you know, building their businesses on the Mac and and iOS, and and that's literally is the heartbeat of everything I do with my company, and I wouldn't be able to do it without it. So I love talking about this stuff.
1: Sounds great. All right. Well, we want to thank our sponsors for this episode, uh, 1Password, FreshBooks, and SaneBox. Uh, And thanks to all of you who have supported us through your membership over at Relay. Uh, And that's about going to wrap it up for us. If you have comments on this episode or if you want to send something in for our uh, MPU Live, which, as you know, we're moving uh, to the first Monday of the month at 6 p.m. Eastern, you can send those comments to us at feedback at MacPowerUsers.com or through Twitter. We're at MacPowerUsers or use that hashtag AskMPU and that'll get it to us.
0: We'll see you next week.